ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮಯೋಗ ಶ್ರೀ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಾನಂದೇಂದ್ರ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಸ್ವಾಮೀಜಿ ಹೊಳೆ ನರಸೀಪುರ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಬುಕ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಇಂಗ್ಲೀಷ್ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಪಬ್ಲಿಷ್ ಬೈ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ ಕಾರ್ಯಾಲಯ ಹೊಳೆ ನರಸೀಪುರ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ವೇದಾಂತಿಕ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ಹಿಯರ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಆಲ್ರೆಡಿ ಸೀನ್ ಟೂ ಸೆಷನ್ಸ್ in this book adhyatma yoga we have seen what is adhyatma in several points and we have seen what is adhyatma yoga now today we will see what are the misconceptions regarding this om shri gurubhyo namaha harihi om shri ganeshaya namaha dr krishnamurthy shastri dambe punacha karnataka so misconceptions in adhyatma regarding adhyatma yoga the aspirant or sadhaka or jignasu or mumukshu should not entertain the following misconceptions at the end of this adhyatma yoga one enters into samadhi or nirvikalpa samadhi or trance second one will get strange abnormal experiences or hearing wonderful sounds or seeing fascinating visions etc third getting or acquiring siddhis or miraculous powers as these are very attractive and tempting powers or experiences many people expect or anticipate such results but all these are not at all concerned to this adhyatma yoga dealt with here because what is done and achieved afresh is non eternal and is a time bound thing but here in adhyatma yoga one should cognize his true nature as the self who is beyond the concepts of time and space and by this cognition he has to falsify the duality in its entirety and thereby his ego or i sense aham bhava an aspirant should practice this adhyatma yoga till he gets established naturally in the awareness of the self without any effort this is called in vedanta as jnana nishtha an aspirant should practice this adhyatma yoga till he gets established naturally without any effort in the awareness of the self this is called in vedanta as jnana nishtha and to get this jnana nishtha this adhyatma yoga is a direct means or sadhana the aspirant of this adhyatma yoga should observe outwardly humility etc which are prescribed in the bhagavad gita 13th chapter 7 to 11 shlokas and 18th chapter 51 to 54 shlokas and he has to try always to discriminate between the ego and the self who is its witness that is the self he has to always discriminate try to discriminate between the ego and the <coughs> witness or the self this is not a process of constant meditation or feeling as i am the self which comes under the purview of kartra tantra sadhana but one should observe keenly the facts of life with a concentrated mind followed by discrimination mentioned above 
ಆ್ಯಸ್ ಎ ವಸ್ತುತಂತ್ರ ಸಾಧನ ನಾಟ್ ಕರ್ತೃತಂತ್ರ ಆರ್ ಪುರುಷತಂತ್ರ ಸಾಧನ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ಲಿ ಇನ್ ದೀಸ್ ಡೇಸ್ ದಿ ಟೀಚರ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಗುರುಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಫೀಲ್ಡ್ ಹೈಲಿ ರೆಕಮೆಂಡ್ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಷನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿ ಮೆಥಡ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಷನ್ ಪ್ರಿಸ್ಕ್ರೈಬ್ಡ್ ಬೈ ದೆಮ್ ಆರ್ ಯೂಸ್ಫುಲ್ ಟು ಸಮ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ಅವರ್ ಡೈಲಿ ಲೈಫ್ ಬಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಯೋಗ ಇಸ್ ಕ್ವೈಟ್ ಅನ್ಲೈಕ್ ದೀಸ್ ದೋಸ್ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಕಾಗ್ನೈಸಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ನಾನ್ ಡ್ಯುವಲ್ ನೇಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಥ್ರೂ ದಿ ಪ್ರಾಕ್ಟೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಧ್ಯಾತ್ಮ ಯೋಗ ದರ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ನೋ ಕ್ವಶನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಟ್ರಯಾರ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಬೆನಿಫಿಷಿಯರಿ ದಿ ಬೆನಿಫಿಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿ ಸೋರ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ದಿ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಬೆನಿಫಿಟ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ರೆಫರ್ ಟು ದಿ ಕೊಟೇಷನ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಅಬೌವ್ ದಿ ಬೃಹದಾರಣ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಕರ್ತೃ ಭೋಕ್ತೃ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕರ್ಮ ದರ್ ಈಸ್ ನೋ ದಿಸ್ ಟ್ರಯಾರ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾನ್ ಎಟರ್ನಲ್ please refer to the quotation given above from brahadaranika 2414 viz but when to the knower of brahman everything becomes the self when to the knower of brahman everything becomes the self then what should one see and through what after listening to this adhyatma yoga some people take it as a subject matter which has to be grasped by the intellect these people think that they have correctly understood but they keep on asking what next these types of questions indicate that they have not yet acquired the necessary qualifications to intuit their own true nature as the self hence they think that these are all intellectual exercises or uh, noetics because these people have understood that after knowing all these theories we have to practice some exercises to achieve concentrate uh, achieve concrete or tangible results in time they naturally distinguish between the theory and the practice as is evident in our daily life but at the beginning itself we have reiterated that that which is done and achieved afresh is non eternal and is invariably time bound this is forgotten by these people and uh, this in itself becomes a disqualification for them that which is restricted by time space and uh, that which is not self can be achieved by practice after having known it theoretically but in the case of the self who is the very core of one's being and whose nature is immediate and direct there is no possibility whatsoever of distinctions like theory and practice one's own self is the practical of the practical here the only effort needed is to seize one's natural tendency of identifying himself with not selves non selves from the ego to the body in this regard shankara states in the gita bhasha 18th chapter 15th shloka therefore we have only to eliminate what is falsely ascribed to brahman by avidya we have to make no more effort to acquire a knowledge of brahman as he as he is quite self evident this is the shankara bhashya so next so we have seen the misconceptions next meaning of certain important words according to shankara's bhashyas so terminologies and their proper meanings according to shankara this adhyatma yoga is described here according to shankara's prasthanatraya bhashyas in this connection there are many words used in the bhashyas like yoga samadhi etc the meaning of these types of words is different in the bhashyas from what meaning has been commonly given to them by others 
for this purpose we would like to show here below some actual meanings given to these words by shankara in his bhashyas prasthanatraya bhashyas first one in the gita 244 that is second chapter 44 uh, shloka the word samadhi is interpreted by the shankara by shankara as samadhi means buddhi or ahankara uh, antakarana in which are gathered together all objects of enjoyment for the purusha the individual soul here shankara says that the conviction of a resolute nature of the intellect is called as samadhi conviction of a resolute nature of the intellect is called as, as samadhi meaning one can determine whether to go towards the worldly enjoyment or towards emancipation and of and for both the resolute nature of the intellect is the main cause hence samadhi means buddhi sam adhiyate iti samyak adhiyate iti samadhi hmm. that is pure concentration Do, uh, uh, in the buddhi it is a work of buddhi or intellect second one in the gita second chapter 53rd shloka the word samadhi means the self the mind or the intellect gets completely still completely still when one cognizes the true nature of the self by discrimination hence the self is called as samadhi dhi means the self except cognizing the real nature of the self there is no equipoise of the mind so in the 54th stanza of this chapter the word sama uh, samadhista means one who is already established naturally in his true nature as the self next third point in the mandukya karika 337 the word samadhi is interpreted by shankara in two ways first from the standpoint of the intellect the firm conviction about the true nature of the self is obtained by a concentrated or one pointed mind and so this awareness of the self is called as samadhi from the standpoint of the self in the self alone the mind gets the equipoise and hence the self is called as samadhi the word yoga is interpreted in by shankara in the following manner first in the gita 2 53 yoga means the awareness of the true nature of the self as a result of discrimination second in the gita 239 the word yoga is used in the sense of means to reach jnana that is sankhya meaning the practice of karma yoga is the means to attain jnana that is yoga path sadhana path third in the introduction to the fourth chapter of bhagavad gita the meaning of the word yoga is given as follows the natural establishment in the true nature of the self and the consequent result of complete renunciation and that which will be attained by the means of karma yoga that kind of yoga was taught in the previous two chapters here yoga means natural establishment in the true nature of the self next fourth point practicing the direct means to get the cognition of the true nature of the self viz shravana listening manana contemplation and nididhyasana adhyatma yoga this kind of practice is known as sankhya or sankhya yoga and before this practicing karma yoga is called as the path of yoga 
in the fifth chapter of bhagavad gita these two parts are described next fifth point as we have stated before the various names of adhyatma yoga are given as dhyana yoga in the sixth sixth chapter of the bhagavad gita mano nigraha yoga of mandukya karika and all these are concerned to nididhyasana sixth point in bhagavad gita 95 the word yoga is described as a divine mystery of the lord or the self and is called as yoga meaning the self who is the substratum of the whole phenomena of the dualistic world simultaneously appearing as if he has taken the form of the world and at the same time being devoid of all the dualistic phenomena this mystery is described here as yoga mama yogam aishwaryam mama like like that it is a vibhuti or mahima of the god mahatma or the Mm, speciality of the god super speciality in all these places mentioned above shankara has described the word yoga according to the true traditions of vedanta but he has not taken into consideration the so called samadhis yogas etc which are described in raja yoga patanjali yoga hatha yoga etc hence there is no mention whatsoever of the chakras nadis kamalas kundalini miracles etc in the context of self knowledge in some places where there are some peculiar types of upasanas mentioned in the upanishads like omkara ah, ah, aham graha etc sometimes the nadis like ida pingala and sushumna are mentioned and shankara has also accepted these terminologies in these chapters on upasana according to vedic utterances but in the chapters devoted exclusively to self knowledge or intuition of the reality there is no mention whatsoever of these words like chakras centers nadis subtle nerves etc before concluding the adhyatma yoga we have to discuss about the impediments and the method of overcoming them according to gaudapada's karikas and the bhagavad gita shri gaudapada mentions three obstacles as follows one vikshepa second laya third is uh sakashaya or kashaya fourth is rasaswada vikshepa means when a sadhaka starts practicing the process of adhyatma yoga sometimes the mind wanders about thinking about worldly matters with a hankering for the enjoyment of the pleasure from outer objects this tendency of agitation in the mind is called as vikshepa an aspirant should practice to overcome this fa- this defect by vairagya meaning non attachment or renunciation this non attachment is of two kinds first one should observe incessantly that everything is full of misery and is non eternal by observing these facts while enjoying worldly things one should desist from hankering this is half of the renunciation the buddhists and protagonists of other schools have taught this kind of renunciation only but in vedanta the complete renunciation is prescribed for the aspirants the nature of that renunciation is as follows the aspirant should remember that the whole phenomena of duality is only a false appearance the reality of this universe is the self but one misconceives that very self as the world the self is non dual unborn and absolute even at the time of appearing as the universe so the reality is always unborn from the standpoint of this reality even now also there is no world as such this is called here as remembering the unborn truth 
when the sadhaka observes this on the firm ground of a comprehensive vision of life then only he can get complete renunciation of uh, renunciation or vairagya that is uh, about vikshepa next laya at the time of inquiry according to the process of adhyatma yoga sometimes the intellect becomes dull and merges into deep sleep this obstacle is caused by inertia tamas to overcome this one should make his mind alert and he should try to engage himself in the process of discrimination inwardly viveka sadasad viveka and outwardly he should observe certain disciplines disciplines and regulations in life regarding diet work rest sleep etc please refer to bhagavad gita chapter 8 shloka 17 by observing these regulations outwardly one can conquer this tamas that is about laya next sakashaya or kashaya sometimes the mind comes to a stand still neither it follows the method of discrimination nor it goes to sleep this condition of mind is called as seed form of the vikshepa here the mind is ready to go out even when the attention is given up or let up for a moment to conquer this defect one should make repeated efforts to put it back on the track of discrimination sadasad viveka fourth one rasaswada when the mind is absorbed in the process of discrimination it gets a kind of pleasure or bliss which is the sequel of the concentration on the subject matter this pleasure or bliss is a hindrance for taking a stand in the true nature of the self this is called rasaswada here rasa means pleasure and aswada means enjoying it to overcome his hindrance one should rely on an acute process of discrimination which is as follows this pleasure is a reflection of the self in the mind due to concentration as i am the self i am the witness of this concept of pleasure as i am the non dual self there is no triple concept like the enjoyment the enjoyer and the enjoyed i am of the nature of bliss which is evident in deep sleep uh, this pleasure is a concept which appears and disappears so it is a false appearance in its true essence by thinking in this way one can overcome this hindrance refer to gaudapadakarikas of mandukya mandukya 34046 all these matters have been summarized in the bhagavad gita classifying these remedies into two groups one is a constant practice abhyasa and the second is renunciation vairagya consistent practice or constant practice is one should observe outwardly humility purification of the mind etc which have been mentioned above and inwardly one has to practice the process of discrimination with a concentrated mind which has been described above in detail vairagya is to be practiced as given in gaudapada karikas which have been explained already by observing these two one can conquer all the hindrances or adhyatma yoga for adhyatma yoga so by practice and vairagya or renunciation so now the appendix portion here there are three direct means sakshat sadhanas to self knowledge and they are called as shravana listening manana reflection and nididhyasana contemplation according to shankara bhasha refer to taitriya bhasha 114 among these nididhyasana has been dealt with in detail in adhyatma yoga here for the benefit of the aspirants i wish to discuss about the other two kinds of sadhanas is shravana and manana shravana or listening the aspirant or student should listen to the teachings of a, com- a competent guru or per- preceptor in accordance with the upanishad 
Upanishadic utterances. During the Shravana by the pupil, he is expected to refer to his own intuitive experiences so as to understand the teachings of the Guru properly. In this regard, the Guru or the preceptor has to be perforce one who is himself firmly established in his true nature as the Self. Otherwise, the teacher will not be able to drive home the subtle implications of his teachings. Sri Shankara refers to this in his uh, Katopanishad Bhashya 1, 2, 8 and 9. Particularly in the 8th mantra, he has dealt in an elaborate manner with the results as well as the nature of the teaching. Sri Shankara has mentioned four points in this regard. One, during the time of listening, of the, uh, listening, the student cognizes his true nature as the self, which is ever free from mundane life or material life. Second, he will have no doubts of any kind about non-dual nature of the self. Third, there will be no residue of anything to be known. Fourth, there will be no question of not knowing or not uh, cognizing the nature of the self. So, the Acharya or the teacher must be a competent one and the pupil also must be uh, one who is pure in heart and an introvert. An example, the common run of people believe that they are all born in this world uh, at a particular time and place and just like them all the creatures also are born in this world. Every human being believes that I am also a creature born and brought up in this world and have enjoyed pleasure and pain and eventually I am going to die one day. Before my birth this world was there and after my death also this world will continue to exist eternally. But according to the teachings of Vedanta, first the aspirant has to cognize his own being which is beyond his eye sense or ego, ahambhava. This process is elaborately dealt along with excerpts, uh, excerpts from Sri Shankara's Bhashya in the Adhyatma Yoga, page number 8. Naturally, the student has to take a stand in the true nature of being or the self and cognize that the whole waking state appears in his being and in that state his ego and the corresponding world with the concepts of infinite time, space and causation appear. During the time of Shravana or listening, the student invariably takes a stand in his true nature as the self or he ceases his identification with his ego. Here the aspirant should notice carefully that taking a stand in his self and seizing his identification uh, with his ego mean the same thing and they are not two separate functions. <clears throat> From this standpoint of uh, the self or taking a stand on his being, it will be evident that his former beliefs are all misconceptions. Sri Shankara in his uh, Mandukya Bhashya <coughs> mentions the result of this kind of cognition in the following manner. The intention is to show that the entire phenomenal universe and the world of gods together with this uh, gross cosmic self <coughs> contribute to the constitution of the four parts. If the presentation is made in this way, non-duality stands established on the removal of the entire phenomenal world and self-existing in all beings is realized as one and all beings are seen as existing in the self. In this connection, some points are to be remembered. 1. The concept of infinite time and space is included in the waking state. So, the state itself is not in time or in space. <coughs> because it is included in the waking state only. So, it itself has no existence. Time and space. Second one, the self who is the substratum of this whole waking phenomenon 
is beyond time and space hence it is incorrect to say that the self is one and the state is the second <coughs> third one the self is of pervasive nature and he has pervaded the whole phenomena of the waking state so it is evident that the nature of the self is non dual and absolute but owing to the ignorance of this true nature of the self the same self appears as the waking world fourth point thus the result mentioned by shri shankara in his above said excerpt is achieved at the very moment of students shravana or listening to the teacher's exposition and he the student can easily see the whole universe in the self and the self in the whole universe here the aspirant cognizes his true nature to be ever free from all mundane miseries this is an example of vedantic teaching <coughs> shri shri sachidanandendra saraswati swami ji has declared for the first time that the concepts of time space and causation are within the state <coughs> and the true nature of the self is without any shadow of doubt beyond these concepts of time space and causation before the advent of shri swami ji on the vedantic firmament all the so called advaita vedantins believed that in one day the three states of the waking the dream and the deep sleep take place and the self continues his existence in all these three states as well as in infinite time like uh, you can see in panchadashi first uh, prakarana 3 to 7 shlokas to get the experience of non dual nature of the self one should get into a trance samadhi by means of the patanjali yoga after uh, shravana manana and nidhyasana by mere discrimination one cannot get the experience of the true nature of the self see panchadashi first first prakarana 53 to 61 shlokas but our swami ji revealed the truth that the self cannot be experienced by the student but he has to intuit that the self is not and can never be an objectifiable thing by means of viveka or discrimination only the word discrimination is misunderstood in these days to be an intellectual exercise it is totally forgotten here that viveka or discrimination means that one should separate his true nature as the self from his ego or i sense ahambhava so it is evident from this that the self is not to be attained in any particular state or condition this fact has been stressed by shri shankara in his sutra bhashya as follows for the identity of the self and brahman stated in that thou art that is tatvam asi is not contingent on any particular state so the competent student can attain the final goal of life by shravana or listening alone this is alone uh, this is also stated by shri shankara in the sutra bhashya as follows those of sharp intellect on the other hand who have no obstruction like ignorance doubt and confusion with regard to the object to be known can realize the meaning of that thou are even from the first utterance so uh, so that a repetition in their case is con- uh, certainly useless when one cognizes his true nature as the self he gets a firm conviction about his own nature and this firm conviction is called as atma pratyaya to ending uh, to engender this atma pratyaya in one's own mind shravana or listening is the only means and its result is the dawn of atma pratyaya this is explained by shri shankara in the following passages of his bhashyas geeta mandukya mandukya mantra and mundaka mandukya karika in all these places the result of shravana is described as 
producing the atma pratyaya in the student's mind through this atma pratyaya only one can take his stand in his true nature as a self and in no other way however it should be remembered that here by the atma pratyaya the self is not objectified but the dawn of atma pratyaya itself is revealed in the light of the self hence to know the self is to be the self and to be the self is to cease the identification with the non selves thus the student falsifies the appearance of the dualistic world and remains in his true nature as the non dual brahman thereafter there is no question of his, his having any aspiration for anything in time and in space and further there cannot be any possibility of constant, uh, contradiction of this right vision whatsoever this fact is stressed by shri shankara in his bradharnika bhashya towards the end of 236 these are the essential features of shravana i think the last portion of this book adhyatma yoga we will see in the next session thank you hare rama